0: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission here is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our morning cup of coffee. And today we're sharing a coffee break with Guy Robinson, who is a training specialist with Asa And We're going to chat with him coming up next.
1: We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. I'm sipping on lattes. It's time for a coffee break. It's time
0: for a coffee break. Oh yeah. Hey, welcome back everybody. Thank you for being here today. Guy, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to join us.
2: Chad, thanks a lot for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Uh, now I know you're you're normally based out of uh, out of California in the LA area, but you're actually in
2: the other LA right now. Yeah, right, exactly <laughs> in New Orleans, and uh, and uh, probably through the course of this, when people hear me talk, they'll be like, "That's where that accent is from." It
0: it takes about five seconds to figure right. it out. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> No, but uh, really, I do appreciate you uh, making time for this today because I think there's gonna be a lot of value in the conversation um, when we when we get into it because you're a wealth of knowledge, been in the industry for well over forty years, got a lot of experience in a lot of different facets, and I'm excited to be able to chat with you about that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: All right, so we have a recurring segment on the podcast. It's called Rapid Fire. We ask five random questions randomly selected to kind of get to know you a little better. Is that okay? Sure, go ahead. All right, here we go. Number one, what is in the trunk of your car
2: right now? Well, I have a van, and right now I'm driving a pickup truck, but it's uh, in my van, it's um, a beach umbrella and some training material (laughs) when I'm at home. Never know when I'm going to pass the beach.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. All right, number two, what is the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning?
2: Coffee. Yeah. Off the beverage, coffee. It's the only thing that's on my mind. You you make it at home. You are you a big coffee shop? Dwelling? No, I make it at home. Make, make it at home. I got my own grinder and everything. I grind it right before fresh coffee. All right. No, uh, uh, I'm a massive coffee person. I drink about a pot and a half a day. Sweet. So, what is yeah. your, what? What's your favorite type of coffee? You know, just a regular dark, Starbucks dark roast.
0: Okay, cool, cool. I don't uh, like
2: flavored coffee.
0: Okay. Number three, what is something that you've done that no one would expect?
2: Something, I well, being from New Orleans, um, I learned how I became a very proficient snow skier. Okay. That nobody, when people find out where you're from, no one would expect me to be able to snow ski.
0: I would say that's very surprising.
2: Right. <laughs> How often do you so, get to go skiing? I go a couple of times a year. I I learned when I uh, I was in um, uh, I was in the uh, army uh, through the mid eighties, and I learned how to ski in the northern island of Japan in Hokkaido. So uh, and I fell in love with it. Awesome!
0: That's awesome. All right, yeah. number four. What is the scariest thing that you've ever done for fun?
2: The scariest thing I've ever done for fun. i don't I don't remember um, I can't say I can think of a scary thing I've done for fun I, I, nothing really scares me that much um, um, i I guess that I guess um I guess Ski training in the northern island of Japan. I remember being from New Orleans, being on top of those mountains on skis, going, God, why am I up here?
0: (laughs) What have I done? done? All right, and then the the last question. If you could visit any place in the world, where would it be and why?
2: If I could visit, I would like, the place that I would like to go and that I'm dying to go, in fact, I was supposed to go this summer, but I had to put it off until next summer, is uh, Papaloma, Spain to run with the bulls. Oh, that's what I want to do. I, I told my I told my wife that's what I wanted to do when I uh, I just uh, got my master's degree. And as my and as a little a graduation gift, I wanted to go there and uh, run with the bulls. And she said, uh, "I just need to learn how to say where's the hospital in Spanish." <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that's all I need to know. So that, that's what I want to do. So that so you were you were planning on going there this summer, but it you don't. You're not even, when it, when are you planning on it? This is exciting.
2: Well, you've got to. Get, it's only uh, during two weeks of July. So you have to go, you have to go during the summertime. And the reason why I couldn't go this two weeks is like, you know, I'm in New Orleans right now using my vacation to get my daughter moved into our, to her house, gotcha. uh, that they're building. Cause they fell behind, they fell behind, uh, awesome. accomplishing it. So I had to put the vacation off and, um, working instead of going on vacation this summer.
0: Awesome. Uh, that's, that's going to be a really cool experience to share. I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah, right. I, can't, I cannot wait to hear the story. Well, hey, you right. you passed five questions okay. rapid Thanks. fire. You you won 760 points. So congratulations. That's the <laughs> high, that's- that's the high okay. score right now, right. right? Okay. All right. So let's kind of get into the conversation. So you're you're uh, if correct me if I'm wrong your official title or role is training specialist with ASA ABLOY. I know yes you it have, is. You have other acronyms and and certifications and everything else. Very uh, very well learned individual. What other mm. what are the other um, certifications that you have? And it, it was it professional locksmith? Physical
2: security professional PSP through asses. Okay. Uh, 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 Certified Professional Locksmith through a LOA, uh, and just multiple, uh, and uh, I have a, a master's degree in communications. Okay, uh, and from Cal State University. Okay, uh, and uh, just a number of um, just other individual uh, uh, courses you take throughout the years.
0: Gotcha. So the the I guess the reason that I bring that up is because you've got. You have the experience, like I said, you've you've been in the and you correct me if I'm wrong. It's somewhere right. over forty years in the industry.
2: About four, about forty three years this summer.
0: About forty three years in the industry, and that's including uh, actually uh, managing lock shops. You owned a, a lock shop. Yes, I did. Um, you have uh, served in some sales roles and distribution roles. I mean, literally from every, from every aspect of the of the industry.
2: Correct. Yes. Uh, Pretty much every aspect of the industry. Industrial locksmith. uh, uh, When I was in the military for a little bit, um, I worked uh, just for a short time toward the end. And then um, uh, aftermarket distribution. I got to see how that area worked out, and then I've uh, been with Asa Avaloy for about 30, uh, it'll be 13 years in uh, September 1st. All
0: right. So you, you have been, again, around the industry, and so you, it brings a lot of experience to kind of where you are right now. Uh, and I know right. you were just recently voted in as the Southwest Regional Director, Director. for ALOA. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. yes. Uh, and and for those that are watching or listening for the first time that don't know what Aloa is, it's uh, the g- give us a little background on on what that is uh, for our industry.
2: Oh, Aloa is the Aloha's Association uh, um, uh, Association of Locksmiths of America, uh, and it's an organization for locksmiths uh, throughout the world. Actually, we have locksmiths from all over the world, um, and. I said association. I meant to say Associated Locksmiths of America. Uh, so, and that we we offer training, education. Just a, a, a we offer a monthly uh, magazines for just individuals to connect and get to know each other and, and help solve helps solve problems because we all run into issues in this industry. No one knows everything, Sure. and we can all we can all run across something that we might not have seen before or uh, need to know a little bit more about. So, uh, what the association does is it gives individuals a, a place to call up somebody else and say, "Hey, I've run across this," uh, or I send them an email or whatever they need to do. And plus, we have we also have coming up in August a um, a, 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 a national sales convention it's going to be in las vegas this year
0: gotcha so it's it's basically a big collaborative industry of of peers
2: correct exactly is what it is correct
0: to be able to to kind of grow and, and uh and share with each other so with that i want to jump back into um several years ago when you were running a locksmith company when you managed them and ran them uh what were some of the things that you dealt with during that time that was a, was a big learning experience for you and as, it, as it applies to some of the experience that you're, you're dealing with now in, in a training role?
2: Uh, well, there's, the, number, the number one thing I remember when owning a locksmith shop was there really was no, not any new locksmiths. No one knew wanted to come into the industry. It was everybody was just changing teams, and maybe that was because we did uh Maybe it's on us as owner, as an owner. And I always thought that that I didn't have a uh, a uh, great training uh, method in place for that. Gotcha. So so there was always a need for for uh, you were always looking or trying to find a. Uh, Looking for an experienced locksmith to come in mm-hmm. instead of uh, and no I didn't I know some I, I know some locksmith companies do it quite well. I just remember that I didn't do it that well of bringing in new people in, and having them trained
0: yeah well I think I think that is something that still is in place now people i mean if you talk to anybody in our industry and really outside of our industry when you talk to to anybody in business that's right. the big that's the big pull right now is how do you find experienced people in whatever industry that you're in or you're going to train them? So those, those are your two options. And obviously the path of least resistance is to find people that are already trained and experienced because then they can implement into your organization very quickly. But the other pro of it is you find good people, you bring them in, and that's been a that's been a recurring conversation on the podcast here, talking about finding good people, bringing them into uh, your business, and then giving them the skills, training them to to adapt into your
2: industry. Right. No, you're absolutely right, and and we hear all the colloquialisms. Uh, you know, we see it on Facebook: uh, hire for attitude. Uh, um, uh, All the different, all, all the different things that people tell you to do, and that's all fine and dandy. But attitude, you can't send attitude just on the, uh, out on the road. Yeah, to just all working, they sure. have to know something. <laughs> you just can't say, "Oh, he's a great guy." Yeah, no, but he just drove the hole in the wrong door. Uh, so, uh, or in the wrong place on the door. So, so that's all fine and dandy. And yes, we would all love to do that. We would just all love these hardworking, great, wonderful employees with wonderful attitudes. But sometimes we have to take the more experienced person who may not have yeah. the best attitude. That's interesting. See, instead, of, instead of having somebody uh, at a train procedures in place. And I actually did work many years ago in the early 80s for a man by the name of uh, Mitchell Photo. In fact, he owned Acme Lock Company and he owned Acme Wholesale Company, and which is now IDN Acme. And the man was brilliant, a mover and a shaker in his industry. And he built a wonderful locksmith company. Uh, but he was a, he was a he was consummate businessman. He had he had the training in place. He I always had someone in training, gotcha. a new person in training. Mm-hmm. And I and, and and I looked at it. I saw it. I noticed it. I just didn't implement it myself. But mm-hmm. he did it right.
0: So hindsight, from, from your experience, you're see, you've you seen other people do it, and now you're in a position of actually being the trainer. In between where you are now and, and operating your own business, you were in sales and distribution. Tell us a little bit about some of the experiences that you dealt with with that and, and kind of how you're bridging the gap. I, I can see this entire kind of... Uh, uh, supply chain that, you, that right. you've that worked through. Uh, what are some of these experiences that you have taken from that to apply in, in both sides of,
2: of your role? Well, when I, when I first went, when I first went to distribution, I went to work for Intermountain. Um, I really liked the, um, the, uh, the, the woman who was managing the branch in Los Angeles at the time. Her name was Ellen Johnson, wonderful person, really good manager. Um, but what I noticed that when I went to, to work there, that people in the branches have so many different uh, items that they have to, um, be, uh, as a territory manager, you're sending their, answering the phones, you're responsible for so many different types of, uh, of products. And what I learned was products was highly geographical. Nah. So here I am in New Orleans, where New Orleans being the very old city that it was, I've, I've spent my whole career working on Yale, Corbin, Ruswin, and Sergeant Locksets. All of a sudden, I tra- I told, I, when I had sold my business, I told my wife I wanted to live in Los Angeles. So hard the kids and I moved to Los Angeles, and now I'm in an IR territory. Mm. Where, there's very, where there was very little Yale sorry Corbin Ruswin lock set, so it was a, so that was a challenge just learning everything about uh, the other product lines.
0: So uh, to to, to kind of to, to kind of generalize that for those that may not be in our industry, um, okay. some of the the manufacturers that you just mentioned are, are lock manufacturers uh, of all of one conglomerate. Um, and then, no, yes. and then you, you switched over to a different area of the country where another manufacturer is very prominent and, exactly. and there, are like, well, I'm not familiar with any of this stuff because I was, right. I was, I was so in,
2: ingrained in this, uh, right. Was, and then you were, of course, for me with a, a little bit of it. Uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, it was just that not on the scale yeah. that, 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 it, that it was there. So, uh, it was, it was just a little bit of a learning procedure and one thing I did I was just share a little funny story with you. Um, about a month working into um, um, at Inner Mountain, I was shocked at how little patience the locksmiths had yeah. that would call and the way they would talk to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I called up first and you can even ask him to this day, I called up the, the man that I used to buy from. When I was in New Orleans, and I said, Mike, I just got to apologize to you. He said, For what? I said, Did I talk to you like some of these people talk to me? (laughs) He goes, No, no, you were okay. I said, Well, I just got to apologize. I just want to just give it a blanket apology. I didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I think if I was going to tell people in our industry, have a little bit more patience because a lot of times they don't know what. Uh, they don't understand how many different areas that uh that their inside sales uh, person is 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 uh, dealing with at that, the moment
0: that's that's sound advice um and I, and again, you know in our industry in the in the lock and security industry, most definitely is you're dealing with somebody on the other end of the phone and you're trying to communicate what you're seeing, but maybe you know, you you have some miscues on communication, so patience is is key there. That's right. that's that's again going back to any industry that you're working in. You're talking right. you're 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 talking consumer to to uh, to business, or you're talking distribution or manufacturing to a consumer. There is a there's a gap of information or a gap of knowledge that you have to try to close. And and you, I think that's very well spoken. Give right. patience with that because. Uh, you a little just, bit of patience, right? <laughs> it's it's uh, rough to be on the other end of that conversation. So, right. um one of the things that I that I I read um I think it was in your bio but I, I read somewhere that you mentioned that you uh possess a lifelong desire to learn. Right. Um, I do. So, yeah, and you have you've shown that you've exhibited that in a lot of different areas. You continued in through some of your education. Where where did that come from? Where does that inspiration come from? Is is that, uh, that been in your
2: your family genetics? Has that been people that you've been surrounded with? You know, my mother and I would just thought. Funny you said that. My mother and I would just uh, since I'm in town. My mother and I, I took my mother out to dinner last night. We were having dinner and we were just. We were just talking about it, uh, and I think it was, and we were studying, uh, 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 actually, the same conversation came up, how Ben Carson's mother, she just had a third grade education, the Dr. Ben Carson's mother, but from a young age, she made him check out these books in the library all the time and, and read, I mean, even at a young age, and do book reports every uh, month. And, I said, and my mother goes, it made me feel like such a slacker. I said, what are you talking about? You had us in the library all the time. Uh, so I pretty much, my mother had us growing up in the library since I can remember, since I was four or five, six years old, we were always at, uh, she always had us at the library. So it's
0: something that your mother, mother exemplified to you over, it's, it's interesting exactly. you, when you get around people like that, people that always are wanting to be in a learning state, you're, you're always picking up little new nuggets and picking up things that are relevant that you can share with other people. And it just, it just makes everybody kind of rise in their in their education or their their knowledge and that's a really big thing to be a part of
2: right and uh and and i have a habit of sometimes i spend too much money if you ask my wife but if i hear something i don't know and it interests me i a first thing i do is i'll just order books on it yeah to try to to try to learn to try to uh to learn it just dealing with uh uh card access control or uh whatever we're dealing with especially when i had to study for my psp it was uh It was uh, some areas I had no idea about lighting, Uh, so I had to buy a few books uh, to learn about it. But I was interested in it. So, uh, of course, if you're not interested in something, you could get less. Uh, But I always found that out. If you're interested in something, there's a wealth of information about it. Just order some books and read about it. Pretty soon, you're going to know it.
0: So, what have been some of the most, maybe outside of the industry, but just some books in general, maybe on business uh, that you have that have been very influential in in your work?
2: Uh, well, books on books on uh, on business, I would have to say. Um, I tell you what, years ago, many years ago, probably over twenty years ago i never. I'll, I remember reading uh, um, two books. One of them was "How to Win uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People." Sure. Which which I read it at thirty five, but I I was more mad that we didn't read it in high school. <laughs> I, I understand we have to read the other books. I'm not saying we don't. Yeah. But we should be. This is how to deal with light. Also, "The Magic of Thinking Big" by Dr. Schwartz. Okay. Was an excellent was an excellent book that I read many years ago. I also read I also read biographies. Okay. To uh just so because you think oh these people were so great they didn't have any problems but when you read their biographies you realize they did have a lot of problems. They just they just overcame it. You just think things people just had yeah, they can do it because it was easy for them. Yeah. So it wasn't easy for them.
0: No. So you- but reading biographies of people, I think, is, is really one, exciting. I'm in the middle of uh, the, the book from Phil Knight, Shoe Dog, um, the biography of the, the founder of Nike, and just a lot of the struggles that he came, overcame through even starting a business. So it's just interesting because you can go, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I mean, right, right. I've experienced that, and it, it, it helps you to kind of understand how to process it uh, and work through it. So that's pretty awesome.
2: Right, and then and then as the access control books uh, through uh, uh, and you know I still read hardware books. I, I uh, in fact Corbin Ruswin has a has a um, c, uh, 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 a cylinder manual, and yes. the reason and and people think I'm really uh, too much of a lock geek on this one because since the 1800s, the mid 1800s. It, it goes on the story of each keyway and when it was the default keyway. Mm-hmm. Now, if you told most people that, they would be like, yeah, right, get that away from me. But I find myself reading this book all the time, just in amazement uh, on the different way, you know, just going back in history with it. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so so it's just things like that, like that.
0: So when it comes to learning, all right. So where you you've uh, owned and managed businesses, you've been in the sales and distribution. Now you've moved into a uh, a training specialist role with ASA Abloy, and you helped to develop a training center in Ontario, California. Yes, correct. Talk me through this process of, of where the ideas come from, where how, how you started to develop this, because uh, we had an opportunity uh, about a year, maybe a year, it's close to a year now, that we were able to come out and visit your training facility. You right. showed us a lot of what you... Impressive on the setup that you have, we actually sent two of our team members there, our training director now, and one of our project managers to come out uh, to one of your classes. You've got it set up to where you can train uh, with, cons- with a high level of consistency, high level of detail. How did you get to that point?
2: Well, the first thing, the reason why was at Asa Abel, you know, all manufacturers, including Asa Abloy have always had uh, training. Yeah. But it's, it was more of an afterthought or it was more of a, uh, oh, we'll get this expert to come in. Because they're an expert on this, they'll they can teach on this. Mm. Well, it's two different things. Yeah, just because you're an expert on something doesn't mean you know how to teach it. Mm. You can show people, but teaching is a whole different uh, aspect. So, and then as you know, Asabloy, Dormakaba, uh, now a legion. They're they're putting out products on the market fast and furious. Yeah. Access control products, new products, and it's coming fast and furious. And we're pushing them on the market through sales, through specification process. <laughs> but when you push some new items on the market that fast, what happens is you leave a glitch in the marketplace of people who know how to work on it, people who know how to uh, service it, people who know how to program things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the 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 first goal was. What they said was they were discussing at boy was we're gonna set up a training center to teach people how to service, install, work on these new products. Okay. Sell these new products. So it's just gonna be dealt with the new products. Mm. But in the process of going over there, we said, wait a minute, if you're um, if you're a, a plumber, if you wanna be if you have somebody that comes up to you and says, I want to be a plumber, I wanna be an electrician, I wanna be a body infant person, I wanna be a uh, 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 automobile mechanic. Everybody has multiple schools in their community they could point them to and said, "Oh, you can go learn to trade right over here." Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a UTI right right down the street from us in Ontario, California. Mm-hmm. However, if somebody walks up to you and says, "I want to learn how to install hollow metal frames," I want to learn basic wiring for access control. I don't. I I want to learn keying, advanced master keying on products. I want to learn how to install doors. Uh, and the list goes on. Continuous hinges, yeah. automatic operators, door closed. There really isn't two schools in the country that teach that. Yeah. So, so we decided to set up a full service training facility. And we don't have one like that in the country. We're planning on having more. So uh, they just kind of uh, – uh, my boss, my manager, Mark Brew, excellent manager, he says, you know – this is your baby. You just got to do it. You know, he goes, figure it out. We don't have yeah.
0: for it. There, There is no blueprint for it. So you, you right. to start from scratch, which is an exciting thing because you get to take all of this experience, all of the things that you're like, man, I wish we had this for a long period of time and then start to kind of implement it.
2: Well, it was actually the challenge by my, my, my manager's manager when right before I started to go over there, when I was sitting in his office, he looked straight at me and he said, why do you think this training facility is going to work when all the other ones have been a failure? Mm. That was probably the best question he could have asked me because right then and there, I didn't have an answer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I said, oh, my God, he's right. Why? We've always had top-notch individuals. I could ring them off, people yeah. I look up to. But why did the training facilities not take off? And I think the the reason why I came to is... I said, it's because being an expert and teaching is two different things. Yeah. So that's why I said, I've got to find out, because I taught classes before, but I didn't think they were as effective as they should have been. So that's why I went to school and, and, and focused on my master's on instructional communication, how, how to convey information to students, to individuals in a classroom and that's when I really learned the difference between the problem is most of us only know how to teach children
1: mm-hmm.
2: because we either have kids, we were taught by teachers teaching us as kids, but I've got a, uh, a lot of, I've got nothing but adults in the room. Adults and children don't learn the same. Yeah. We have to come up with different methods to teach them. So that's, so that's why I started focusing on different methods to teach adults in the classroom. And I know I don't have a lot of time.
1: Hmm.
2: I don't. I can't have somebody for three weeks. No yeah. one's going to give me that time. But I also know I can't teach basic wiring in four hours. Yeah. Or oh, I can teach it. You can't learn it. Let's, let's, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, so I need that multi-day classes to be able to teach individuals uh, different subjects.
0: so I, I think there's three takeaways that I've learned from you over the the time that that uh, we were in Ontario. And so I want to kind of break some of those yeah. down. and one of them you just you just hit right on the head is <laughs> that teaching is different than being the expert. And right. very often in any type of um, any type of a industry where there's there are experts, that is always the one that's been, that's hey, this guy's been doing it for 100 years. He needs to teach. Um, and I think what you just eloquently said is it doesn't matter the length of experience that you have. If you can't teach it, you might be able to show somebody how to do it. But if you can't teach them how to do it, you're probably not going to get the communication or the point across. Right. And, and so now you're, you're basically said, and this is one of the things that you convinced me of, maybe unknowingly, when we were out in Ontario, was that you have to approach training from a teacher's perspective, not from an expert's perspective. Right. Now, if, right. You, if you have a good curriculum, then you can, a good teacher can teach a good curriculum. An expert that, that doesn't have a curriculum is sporadically dispersing information and knowledge.
2: And you're correct. And I find with a lot of experts is there, there is not any way that in three days— I can teach you everything I know about wiring. Mm-hmm. I I can't teach you forty-two years. There's no way. Yeah. So I should not even try. You don't need to know how much I know. You need. I need to get you what you came to learn mm-hmm. from point A to point B. This is a basic wiring class. I said that I'm going to teach you how to. I'm going to take you from from zero knowledge to being able to. To to wire multiple uh, buttons, keypads into maglocks and electric strikes. That's it.
1: Yeah,
2: I can't shove a lot of more a lot more information in in three days in front of you. That's my goal. That's it. You want to learn more? We have another class for that. Yeah, come back for that. Okay. Sometimes we we have instructors that want to just shove all this information that to, so so you can know how much they know. Yeah. And, and that's impossible. Mm. That's impossible.
0: Interesting. So approaching it from how do I communicate the idea to you rather than just telling you all, basically just proving to you how much information I have.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: It, very, very interesting. So I think that's that's takeaway number one that that I pulled from our <laughs> our time with you was was understanding that um, that you really have to approach it from that level, from being a teacher, right. not an expert, um, but the the expert part of it can help. I think one of the things that we struggle with in our industry a lot of times is having good curriculum to work off of. How long did it take you to kind of build the curriculum that you're, that you're using now?
2: Well, uh, well, we're always building. We're always building. it. we have an excellent team. Uh, We have uh, all the members on our team bring something special to, uh, to our team. They're all experts in certain fields. Uh, They have a tremendous amount of knowledge, Uh, uh, you know, uh, And so everyone's always working on different curriculum and we're saying, Hey, hey, that looks good. Let's add this or, or we tried this and that's not going to work. Uh, let's tone this down. So it's, so just as much as the students are coming up to us to learn, Mm -hmm. we're always learning how to build, uh, uh, put things in a curriculum. So it's never just, it's never 100% set. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of classes like my, Basic wire, uh, basic wiring class. That three-day basic wiring class. Yes, because we have an exactly idea of, and it's been tried and true with a number of classes, how to bring people from zero to a certain level. Sure. Uh, but there's, but many of the classes we're always working on.
0: Point number two that I that I got from you when we were in Ontario, California, talking was you approached. Uh, and, and I think this is very common in training, is that I want to try to tell you every scenario that you're ever going to walk through ever and every quirk and little thing of this pro- product type or or, or category that you you may ever try to run through. That's a, a typical perspective that, that a lot of people take. And you said, I want to teach you the right way to do it so that when it's wrong, you know how to spot it. Talk a little bit about that and how you're implementing that.
2: Well, many, many, many years ago, uh, I was reading a book and I'm probably going about, about 40 years ago and um, was talking about how they used to train bank tellers. Mm-hmm. And they would go to bank teller school or whatever they called it. And they said they would never let them fool with counterfeit money because there's too many different types. Yeah. All they did was fool with real money. Every day, all day long. Yep. That way, they knew what the real felt like. That if anything that wasn't real came across, they knew it immediately. Uh, even, uh, you know, and and I'm not saying everyone's in agreement with me on this. I'm not a big troubleshooting person. I, I I don't like teaching troubleshooting. If people ask me to teach it, I will. But I, but my whole goal is to teach the theory on how to do it right. Because if something's not right, you can you can more sense on if it's not right.
0: It's easier to identify what's not right if you know the correct way that it's supposed to. Be. If, you know,
2: if you know the correct way to do it, correct.
0: Yeah, that I, I, that was that was big because I mean I think we've all been in this position where you know we try to focus on troubleshooting or we try to focus on teaching every weird scenario that you're ever going to run across, and it, it's it's mind boggling to try to go down that process. Right. And it, it really when you said that when we were when we were there, it just it kind of it really got my gears turning, going, you know, that's that's a better way to process it. Um and it's it's helped to impact some of the way that, that we're doing training here.
2: Right. And, and and we have to also realize in training adults, I just can't um uh, it's just not saying something once. Yeah. At the constant constantly reiterate everything we're saying throughout the whole class because that's how adults learn. I always give the example when my son was six or seven years old, uh, they had the uh, local owner of the Chinese restaurant next to his school. He came and taught the kids how to count to 10 in Chinese. They learned in a day.
1: Yeah.
2: He came in and rattled off one through 10 in Chinese. I could be learning for 10 years. And I could not rattle off one through ten in Chinese. Yeah. Okay. But as an adult. Yeah. But right, kids' minds are like sponges. Boom, boom, boom. It, they just get hit with it. Whereas adults, we have to constantly reiterate and make sure that each concept mm-hmm. is understood. Not just because it's e- because to us it's easy. Yeah. Of course it is. But when we're teaching something new for the first time, whether it's wiring, whether it's master keying. Just because it's easy to us and we've been doing it for so many years doesn't mean that everybody's sitting there grasping it.
0: So would you say the big difference is the the difference between memorizing information and understanding the the theory or the concept? Those are the the two big variables?
2: Correct. Understanding, yeah, very little memorization. I think you have to understand the concept. And I go through a lot of hands-on. In a lot of the classes, I try to get people involved within the first 10 minutes with hands-on to relate the concepts. Yeah. I want them to understand the concepts, not so much memorization. If I can get them to understand the concepts, then it's already then it's memorized.
0: Awesome. Uh, Guy, I've got a third thing that I took away from you that I wanted to bring up and, and chat sure. about. I also wanted to let people know that are watching um, on uh, on Facebook Live or YouTube. I wanted to, to give a few minutes at the end of this conversation if there are any questions for you about training or your training process or, or things sure. of that nature. So I want to go ahead and prompt that. So if you have any of those, make sure you leave those questions in the comments below and uh, we'll we'll get some answers from Guy if there are any. There may not be any, but I wanted to, I, f- I felt like you had a lot of information and a lot of knowledge that so we could uh, communicate that out to everybody. So if you have any questions, put those in the comments, and we'll uh, we'll get to them here in just a few minutes. The third takeaway that I got from you uh, through conversation and listening to you talk with others was that you believe that training builds confidence, and that one of your goals through the training process is to have people come through your, your training program and walk away with a higher level of confidence to be able to go out and tackle whatever it is that they've been through that training on. How is that? How are you implementing that, and how are you measuring that? Uh, once, once people are are going through the process. Well,
2: you're right. I want to build confidence. I want to see people. I want to see what individuals consider hard, because everything that anybody considers hard today, I considered hard forty two years ago, forty years ago, yeah. thirty seven years ago. I was not the person. I was a walking disaster when I started in this industry. I can't even tell you how bad I was. Uh, uh, it's not, I'm not making anything up. I was a walking disaster. Uh, so, but I always, but the classes were, they're not good classes. If you went, it was like a half a day class. The instructor spent the first half telling you how great he was, and he threw out some information and walked away. So so the classes were not were not. They just were not that good. The people were knowledgeable, but they just did not give good classes. And I always thought that uh, that I would leave without – I I didn't know much more than when I came. So my goal was I wanted people to have confidence. And you and I were talking before the show. I had an employee that would not touch safes at all Mm -hmm. at one point. He just did not like them. He was scared to death of him. He didn't even want to change a combination on a safe because because he um, uh, was scared it would lock up. Yeah. He went to lockmaster school for two weeks. I believe it was two weeks. He, he was a changed person. He can't. You couldn't keep him away from a safe. It didn't matter what it was. He went out. He uh, would drove them open. He understood what was going on. And I said, "Wow." That school did such a great job of instilling confidence in this man, I I was amazed by it. So with all of my classes, no matter which class it is, I want to take any mystique away from that from what we're studying. I want to say, hey, there's a step-by-step process, there's a method, and if you just you can divide your own way, nobody does anything the same as anybody else. I understand that, but I'm gonna teach you a method. And then, and then you can build on it at a later time. But I want you to see that you can do it, and it's not that and 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 uh, it's not that big of a deal anymore.
0: Yeah. So taking away the mystery of it, and because that's really what it comes down to, is people just yeah. don't. They, there's the fear of the unknown, and they don't want to walk right. into it because they don't want to get themselves in over their head. Building that confidence allows them, and and, and like you said, I mean, everything that you're talking about is uh, is is understanding the theory, understanding the concept behind it. Right. Being able to teach the correct way so that you can spot the incorrect um, and then building that confidence uh, going through it so that you can carry out with, with a high amount of pride in your work rather than always second-guessing yourself or, 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 or not really understanding if it's the right, if it's correct or not.
2: Right. No, you're right. Exactly. So, exactly. exactly.
0: So with that said, I, and I think this is one of the things that uh, that all industry struggles with. People um, people mislabel training as a sales pitch. And I think that it's, it creates a um, – I'm trying to think of the word. It creates a little bit of uh, uh, frustration or maybe um, lack of confidence whenever somebody sees there's a training program coming up or there's a training class coming up because they think it's just a sales pitch for whatever product that is supposedly going to be trained on. What are some things that you guys are doing through Asa Abla and through your training programs to kind of, to, 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 to change that perspective, that it's not a sales pitch, that it is an actual quality training program?
2: Well, I believe, I believe that because we teach, we teach you how to do the class at hand with our products. So I'm just not coming out there and showing you a bunch of products or giving you a PowerPoint or a bunch of our products saying, use these, they're great. And walking away, I'm saying, here's here here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to learn uh, basic wiring of of uh, access control products. Whether it's electric strikes, whether it's maglocks, here's the keypads, here's the uh, 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 LEDs, here's the buttons we're installing in it. Boom! So we're going to do all we're going to do the projects, but we're going to do them with our products. So, so they learn about our products where they fit without us. Just, but they're also learning learning how to install them. Sure. Where, uh, because I always felt that people will use your products if they're comfortable with it. Yeah.
1: You know, we all we all
2: get in our comfort zone. Uh, when I was in the service industry, uh, when I owned a locksmith shop, when I was a locksmith, I had certain products I was comfortable with. I have installed them a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it. It was uh, so. Why would I switch? Yeah even though if something could have been better. Sure. But
0: you but, got that comfortability. I,
2: yeah. I was in that comfort zone, correct, because I was comfortable with that product, Right.
0: You had a high level of confidence with it. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah.
2: You're right. Right, I do.
0: Awesome. Well, Guy, listen, I really appreciate all of the information that you've shared, and I, I want to be mindful of your time because I've held you a lot yeah. longer than I told you that I would, but you've... No, been, that's okay. Thank it, you. It's very, very valuable information. I feel like... Um, one of the turning points in our industry is high-quality training, but I feel like that is the case in any business whatsoever. If you can put together a quality training program, a good, solid curriculum, and teach it from a teacher's standpoint, not an expert standpoint, then, then really there is no ceiling on what you can accomplish because you can bring in good people and train them well um, and grow in a more sustainable, quality fashion.
2: No, I I firmly believe it. And people who know me, in fact, some of my, um, even some of my um, uh, teammates or or past teammates ribbed me about this, but one of my largest, biggest pet peeves in the industry, and we all have our pet peeves, but uh, mine was, if somebody was teaching me about something, you just said more of a sales pitch, and I would ask them a question, a technical question, I couldn't stand when somebody would say, whoa, I'm just a salesman. I can't answer that question. Yeah, yeah. You've lost me. That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, I, now, I understand if it's a some minute question on And I'll say, oh, well, let me get with technical assistance. I'll I'll get back with you to sure. give you the right answer. But just general installation questions or general questions about the product. And they, and they want to kick back and say, oh, I'm just a salesman. I I'm just it. a salesman.
0: Yeah, that's no,
2: forget it. not forget a good it. answer. Are.
0: Get get your training done so you know what you're talking about. Very good advice. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right. Uh, For those of you who are watching or listening for the first time, uh, this is not the first time that we do this. We do this actually every Tuesday morning live at 9 a.m. We've had an amazing uh, list of guests on over the last year, and we have a lot of great guests lined up in the coming weeks. So we invite you to join us back for that. If you haven't already, make sure you like the page that you're watching this on. Subscribe if you're uh, on YouTube, wherever it is that you're seeing this or hearing this Make sure you hit the subscribe and the notification so that you'll be alerted whenever we go live next time and whenever we release the next piece of valuable information like Guy just shared with us today. So this is uh, something that we do, like I said, every Tuesday morning, 9 a.m., and it's available on all the podcast platforms, and it's available on the video format on Facebook, YouTube, our website, lockdoc.net slash live, Periscope all of the places. You can check it out. uh, And we look forward to uh, communicating with you. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave those below wherever you're watching this or listening. And uh, we'll be in touch with you and communicate back with you and try to get the answers for you. Um, Guy, if they want to get more information from you, they can connect with you on LinkedIn, uh, I guess. Or is there a a website that's best to reach you at? (coughs)
2: uh you they could reach me on my email it's just guy.robinson at dot if you have questions about anything whether it's just uh, uh questions about classes or technical questions it's you can always call me but it's nicer to email me because if i don't know the answer i know who does there you go rifle it off to them wow. uh, so, uh you can always you can reach me linkedin facebook twitter uh, I'm a social media guy. I just, you know, I'm connected to the world, probably like you, Chad. <laughs> you know, I just love it. So uh, uh, you can reach me any, anyway.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, valuable information, and we look forward to, to uh, chatting with you soon.
2: All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Chad.
0: And we'll see you next time here on the Coffee Break Podcast. <clears throat> to learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast.
1: We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break, oh,
0: oh. The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDoc Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C.